uh, and ready to jump into a new series and talk about functional faith. For the next several weeks, we are going to be in a book of the Bible, and I call it a book. Actually, the Bible itself is a compilation uh, of ancient manuscripts that have been put together, but we call it books, and that just helps us to think of it a little bit better. And so the book of James is one of the books of the Bible that happens to be one of my favorites. And I think and I hope it'll become one of yours. As a matter of fact, I, I hope especially for those of you who maybe aren't a big fan of the Bible. Maybe you've tried to read the Bible and you were like, oh gosh, I can't even understand that. I don't even know what it's trying to say or whatever. I don't get the, I don't know how other people get stuff out of it. I, I'm struggling. Um, I think you'll love, you will really love the book of James because it is just so practical. And uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of like practical stuff, you know, give me something I can apply to my life. And so um, I would encourage you, read ahead, all right? Uh, just go ahead, read ahead for the next several weeks and read the book of James because I, I think God will, through his Holy Spirit, speak to you. Um, week to week and day to day even as you read this. And uh, I also think that we're just going to start this series today and then we're just going to go through the whole book of James for the next several weeks. But uh, I really think that it's going to be a series that will build as we go along. So as much as possible, I would encourage you to be here each week because you don't want to miss what God may want to do in your life on a particular weekend. And so uh, be sure and commit yourself to be here because I really, again, think this is going to build week to week to week. And one of the things is next Sunday we're going to be talking about temptation. Now, thankfully, that only applies to a few of us, right, um, that, that have to deal with temptation. So for those few uh, that do deal with temptation... Uh, I just want to encourage you to not miss next week. And if you know someone who maybe deals with something that they just can't seem to break free from, uh, maybe there's something in your life that you struggle with, that you have a hard time. Like you thought, I thought I gave that up. You know, I, I thought last week was the last time or I thought last month or whatever. Or, or maybe there's something in your life where it just seems like an area of weakness and, and it just seems like you struggle in that area. Then you be here next week or you also go ahead and bring someone with you next week that may need a chain broken in their life because here's what we're going to pray for and I'm praying for next week every chain to be broken in this place every chain to be broken people be set free and so it could just be your weekend next week or your friend's weekend or co-worker or a neighbor I don't know who that is in your life but maybe it's their weekend to be free next week. So bring someone with you. But today we're going to start the series out. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to the, toward the back of the Bible and we'll come to the book of James uh, here in a moment. Uh, it is a very practical book, like I said, and it's something that um, as a functional faith, it's more than just something you learn, you know. Uh, sometimes in school, I don't know if you ever had this happen, but you kind of learn something that you're like, now where am I going to use that? You ever have those things? You know, or maybe you had a whole class where you were like, you know, I don't even know where any of this is going to apply. 
to my life, but, you know, I got to take it anyway. And, and so James is not that kind of thing. Th this is like, I would call it like a paper plate thing, okay? Uh, if you come to my house, if you come to my house for the first time, chances are really good you will not eat on paper plates, all right? First time in my house. But how you'll know that you're... you're uh, a friend or whatever is we'll get the paper plates out, you know, because that's what we use a lot because paper plates are just practical, right? You know, you can just use that thing and throw it away and, and chicken bones and all. You can just toss that thing into the trash and you're done with it. And, and so, uh, you know, in our lives, there are things that are just very practical and that's what James is going to be and, and help us to understand a faith that's just practical, we can just pull it out and use it every day. And, and that's what God wants us to do with our faith. And the good news is you can do that with what James teaches. The principles that he teaches that we're going to go through, uh, they apply to your life. And even though this is an ancient book, uh, it's still applicable today. I, I just saw the other day where I think yoga, they estimate, and I don't know who does this, but anyway, somebody estimated that yoga is like 5,000 years old. See, you thought you were just in on a new thing, you know? You thought, oh man, this yoga class are starting up. It's so awesome. I get to wear yoga pants and all that kind of stuff for you ladies. Uh, hopefully you guys aren't, uh, I don't know what you're wearing. But anyway, because uh, I, I don't do yoga. Maybe I should, maybe I need to pick that up. But it, it's interesting that nobody says, well, Gosh, that's 5,000 years old. You know, I want something new. No, if it works, who cares how old it is, right? And let me tell you something. What James has to say, it may be about 2,000 years old, but it still works today. And it will work in your life and it will produce great fruit in your life in the days to come if you'll allow it to. So how many are ready to allow James to speak to us and share with us some practical stuff? So if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up on the screen. Go ahead and pull it up for me, guys. James chapter 1. Here's what it says in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. So you're talking to the family of God. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we're going to look today is at what do you do when your faith is being tested? Maybe you're going through a test right now. And I got news for you, if you're a Christ follower, if you're not going through a test right now, you may be getting ready to go through a test right now. Okay, because tests will come. Uh, tests will happen to our life. He doesn't say if you're tested, he says when you're tested, you, you will be tested. Testing will happen in your life, just like in school, right? You know, uh, tests happen. You know, the teacher says, okay, now next Friday, we're going to have a test. And so some of you uh, were, were like, well, okay, then Thursday night, 
There's going to be some serious cramming, right? Because the thing was, if, if the teacher told you, hey, next Friday we're going to have this test, the, the thing was about testing like that is all you need to do is stay up that night or whatever worked for you to be able to know it for a few hours, right? Because next week it doesn't matter, you know, that, that test is over, we're going to move on to section five or whatever the book we're in and so I'm, I just got to learn this for a few hours here and master it for a few hours but how many of you that there were, it was a whole different experience when the teacher said put your books under your desk pull out a sheet of paper we're having a pop quiz right Oh, that's totally different, right? And how many know that life is more like a pop quiz than an announced test, right? Wouldn't it be great if God came along and said, hey, 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 there'll be a test next month. Hey, hey, I know your marriage is doing real good right now, but, but there's going to be a test in two months. Better get ready for it. Wouldn't you like that? But how many of you know life works a lot more like pop quiz? You know, all of a sudden, there it is. You know, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know this was going to happen. And so what happens is, is you need to be ready at any point in time in your life for a test because tests come in many different forms. You know, for some of us, you may be going through an ongoing test, like in your health, where it never Maybe it never really gets better, but you know, you're kind of thankful it's not worse. But it just kind of hangs on. You know, the pain lingers and you kind of deal with pain management or whatever. And so it's like an ongoing test. Other things are more like a short test that happened, like a flat tire, you know. And it's not like your life's over, you know. It's not like, oh. My life is over. I have a flat tire. No, you're more like, okay, got to fix it. Um, it's going to be some expense now. I need to buy a new tire, perhaps. And, uh, you know, those kinds of things. So, so it's a short-term test. And then sometimes a person is a test to you, right? Don't point to them if they're here today, all right? But, but, you know, a person can be a test to you, to where they're in your life, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, this person, they just, they just test me, you know? They're just always testing me. Well, how do you deal with any and all of those kinds of tests that can test your faith? How can you pass the test of faith? Well, I think faith works a little bit like this camera that I had when I was a little kid. All right, this was like my first camera. Anybody know what this is? This is a, yeah, Polaroid camera. And I, I was awesome with this thing. You know, I mean, I would go around and take pictures of people and things and whatever. And here's what was cool about this camera. You, you'd focus in and, 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 and push the button, and then you pull the film out. Remember that, some of you? And, and you'd pull the film out, and then you'd wait and wait, and yeah, I see some of you, you shake the thing, right? You know, like that's going to do something, you know, like, a, you know, aim second now, it's going to fully develop or whatever. And, and so, but it's still like it took forever. But that's not how I take pictures now. This, 
is how I take pictures. And I have my camera with me, my phone with me all the time. And I, here, here's what's cool about this, this uh, camera is I just hit the button and I have an instant picture. I can email it to you. I can, I can uh, message it. I can airdrop it. You know, I can do all kinds of things with that picture uh, after I take it. I, I can print it. I, I can do all kinds of stuff with that photo right after. I, I mean, it's like instant gratification. But how many of you know that developing our faith works more like a Polaroid? And it could be that God is wanting to slowly develop something in your life. That maybe over the next few weeks during this series that God's going to take this opportunity to speak to you and to help you to develop a realm of faith that maybe you've never had before. So here, here's what choices that I think you need to make. So if you're taking notes, just write this down. You, you need to choose pers perseverance, not parting. Okay? Choose perseverance, not Parting. And by parting, here's what I mean. Many of us just want to disengage. You know, if I don't like that, hey, I'm out of here. You know, you know, we want to get out of it. As a matter of fact, I would say many of our prayers are this. God, get that out of my life. Is that the way you pray? You know, God, get that, get that person out of my life. I don't like that new boss. God, you deal with them, you know? Straighten them out. God, fix that. Do this. Do that. God, make my life smooth, right? God, just, just clear the path so I can just sail through life. Isn't that how we want to pray? And God says, mm, no, <laughs> that's not how it's going to work. And, and here's the thing is we understand this in much of life. I, I mean, we don't necessarily like it all the time, but, but those of you who have dieted, you can identify with this. You get on a new diet, and the next day you step on the scale, and you don't say, well, it's not working. <laughs> it is not working. I've been on this thing how many hours now? <laughs> I thought I'd lose five pounds by now, you know. No. How many of you, you're glad you stuck with the diet, right? You're, you're glad you, you got through it. You're glad you even had plateau weeks and still hung on and got through it because all of a sudden the weight loss started happening again and, and you achieved your goal, but you never would have done it had you dropped out. Same thing with marriage. Some of you, you gave up, uh, you know, maybe too early or some of you were tempted to, but you didn't and you're glad now you didn't. Because that first year, you're ready to kill them, you know? You're ready to kill each other. And, uh, and then somehow, you became friends after that. Somehow, you know, you worked through it, and, and it all got better. It wasn't like James is coming from an easy perspective here. He is not on some beach resort of the Hyatt Regency looking out his window at palm trees when he writes this. He is at risk of his life. He's one of the leaders in the early church. And listen, they were persecuted. It wasn't popular to be a Christian. It, it was like a, a death threat. 
if you identified as a Christian, what they do to Jesus? And James is his brother. And so James is, is risking his life to identify with Jesus. And he writes to us and says, hey, don't, don't let the pressure get to you. you. You've got to persevere through this. And Jesus himself did this. Did you know, I was reading this again the other day, that the, the Bible says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tested by the enemy. By, be tested by the devil. And it's interesting because a lot of times we think the devil led us into the thing. Now next week we'll talk about temptation because certainly the devil is at work trying to tempt us to do things. But God often leads us into testing because he knows it'll develop our character. He knows it's going to help us to be stronger. That it's going to help us to be more firm in our faith. And so Jesus goes into this desert experience. But just like Jesus, you may be in a desert experience today. But just like Jesus, he wasn't deserted in the desert. And you're not deserted in your desert either. God is still with you in the midst of your test. See, the, the thing is, is the outcome is up to God anyway. How it turns out, really in the end, is up to God. But the obedience is up to us. But see, we live in a day and age where we just want instant. You know, when I push the button, I want a picture. And, and, I want, and if it isn't good enough, I can take a bunch of them, right? So I get one. And it's just instant gratification. And so when, and when we live in that kind of culture, then here's what we can do. We can say, well, if I'm not getting what I need here, then I'll just go somewhere else. And I, people do this in church life. You know, I'm, I'm just not getting fed. And I, I look at people that have been saved or, or claim to have known Christ for a few years, and it's like, dude, who are you feeding? Maybe that's what God's saying to you right now. Say you're getting busy about, you know, who's feeding me and bringing me uh, spiritual nourishment for my life. Who are you reaching out to? What lost person are you trying to reach and touch and minister to? Who are you discipling? Who are you helping grow in faith along the way? Who are you teaching? Where are you volunteering? What's your ministry? Hello? Right? So God may be saying that to some of us here today. All right, second thing to write down. I'll get off that so you're not too weirded out. All right, uh, so choose progress, not perfection. And now for the perfectionist people, this is just going to mess you up, all right? Uh, but you got to choose progress, not perfection, because we never really arrive, do we? We're always in process. We're, there's always more we can know. There's always more we can grow. Uh, there's always more that we can obtain in our lives. And so we can't really know the depth of our character, though, until we're put under pressure. It's just like I can know what's, what the kind of toothpaste that is as soon as I squeeze it. Right? I know if that's mint or cinnamon. You know, and, and same thing in your life. 
we know where you're at as soon as the pressure gets on. See, when, when the pressure comes in, when, when you're treated unfairly, when things don't go the way you want them to, when your prayers go unanswered, someone said only a faith that's been tested can be trusted. Trials, they come from the outside. Now, next week we'll learn that temptations come from the inside. But here's, here's what happens inside when our trials come from the outside that can keep us in our trial longer. How many would like to get out of your trial a little faster, right? The, you'd like to get the picture developed a little faster if possible. Here's how to get out of it faster is stop complaining, all right? God does not like complaining. And what happens is, is we get to complaining about our situation and, and we get to saying, oh, you know, why am I going through this? What's going on in my life? And, oh, and, and why can't they change? And I'll change them. And, you know, and we get all that. And what we need to do is understand that, that we can't control those things. What we can control is inside. And I like what John Ortberg said, and I wish I'd have said this, John said it though so I'm going to give him credit for it he, here's what he said other people don't create your spirit they reveal it yeah they don't create see but what, that's what we like to say is we like to say oh they made me mad they irritated me they upset me and we like to say they instead of I chose to get upset right I chose to get irritated. I chose to be jealous. I chose to get angry. I chose to act out. And, and sometimes, here's what you got to do. Sometimes you, you can't even change the situation. You can't, maybe the person that you're offended by or whatever isn't even alive anymore. And, and so at some point in your life, you have to do this. You have to let it go. You have to just let it go. There are people who are never going to tell you, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry they're not going to tell you they're sorry, all right? I wish they would, but, but they're not. They're just not going to do that. It's just not in them. And, and if you're sitting around saying, well, you know, I'm waiting on them, but you may be waiting a long time. All right? You may be waiting forever, but, but you, you never give up on the way God can change other people, though. See, you may not be able to change them, and you need to give up on that maybe today, but you, you can allow God to change them. So here's what you do. In the testing time, you keep your eyes on your own paper. Did you ever hear teachers say that? Turn to the person next to you and say, keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> yeah. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Because God has you in this test to help you. It's not about the other person. It's not what they're doing or not doing or whatever. You know, you can't control that anyway. You got to let that go. But what you do say is, God, what do you want to do in me and here's the next thing to write down is choose promise promise not prognosis all right 
Because in prognosis, here, here's what comes, is somebody gives you a piece of paper and the doctor says, this is the prognosis. Or the divorce attorney says, here's the prognosis. Or, or you know, somebody else says, you're, you're, you're not going to pass. You're not going to succeed at this university. And so here, here's what you do is, is you can believe that paper and you can believe that, well, I'm just a failure and, well, I'll never succeed and, well, I'm everything that they're saying and I'll never be well. And all, or there's another paper that's been written, right? There's another paper that's been written that says, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him, that when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. God has a promise for you that he wants to bring into your life. He is with you, he is for you, and he wants to do things through you by the power of his spirit. So how do we deal with trials? Let me just bring this up. Uh, verse 5 tells us a little bit. If any of you lacks wisdom, because here, here's what needs to be your prayer instead. God, get this thing out of my life. It's God, let me learn from this thing. In my life. Wouldn't that be a better prayer? Let me learn from this thing in my life. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, I love this, to all. So, see, that included me, right? That included you. To all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. The Bible says sometimes people are unstable because they're trying to do their thing and my thing. You know, so there's people here today. You're, you're praying like, oh God, do it, but let me help, you know. God, God touch this person, but let me get over there and mess with them, you know. And so we're, we're like unstable, and, and we're, not, we're not fully trusting and committing ourselves to God. And so when we do that, then we miss out, because here's what verse 12 says. Pull it up. Verse 12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. If you keep going, if you stick with it, if you don't give up under the trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, God has a promise over your prognosis. If you begin to ask God for wisdom, if you'll say, God, what do I need to learn here? What do, what do I need to grow in? What do I need to do here to, to help me to be all you want me to be? Not about them and the other person and whatever, but God, change me, change my heart, change my spirit, change my mind. When you begin to pray, those kinds of prayers, those are prayers God's anxious to answer. God's anxious to answer those prayers. So here, here's what we do. We quit wallowing in it 
Because I'll tell you what, if you're a complainer in the midst of your trial, here's how God deals with that. Okay? If you go back, clear back toward the beginning of the Bible, God had a whole bunch of people, about a million or two million people, they estimate, coming out of Egypt. They only had a few days' journey to the promised land, but in the midst of it, they start complaining, grumbling. And moaning. And God says, I know how to fix this. You ready for this? Just take a lap. Matter of fact, do that for 40 years. Until all the complainers die off. And then I'll take the rest in. And, and so if you're tired of being in kindergarten, okay... If you're tired of being stuck in kindergarten and, and it seems like your life never gets ahead, it just seems like it's two steps forward, three steps backward, I don't know why this is going on in my life, I don't know, I'm almost 30 and this isn't happening and I thought it would, and oh, you know, I thought by 40 I'd be a millionaire and I, oh, you know, and this isn't going my way and oh, why doesn't she act better and I thought he'd come around and I thought my kids would be smarter than they are and whatever and they only had your genes to work with, right? And so, and so here, you know, while we're doing that, God said, all right, here you go. There you go. How many are ready to move on? God has a promised land ahead. God has a journey that he wants to take you on. And if you'll go, let, let me tell you something. The kingdom of God does not work like Little League. See, in Little League, when you get a certain age, you can't play anymore. It's not like you can be 15 and in Little League. See, I just kind of like dominating, you know. I just kind of like being the biggest kid. Uh, yo, yo, you got to move on. But the kingdom of God, we, you can have some people who have been in the kingdom of God for a long time. They're still spiritually kids, still in Little League. And so if you're tired of Little League, if you're ready to move on to the big league, if you're ready to see what it's like in a big stadium, if you're ready for God to do something bigger, better, grander, more marvelous in your life, if you're, that's at your prayer, oh God, would you just do this? Would you just expand my territory? Would you just do this awesome thing? Oh God, I really want you. If you're ready for God to do that in your life, then you've got to shut the complaining and start the praising. Start praising him. Because when Paul and Silas were praising him, they broke out of their prison. They got out of their situation. And so here's how you do that. You don't praise him that your back hurts, right? Oh, praise God, my back hurts, you know. There it is again, that catch, you know. Thank you, Jesus, you know. Or, or I feel another migraine come on. Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Be debilitated for a day. Oh, thank you, Jesus. No, you don't do that. I'm struggling again at work. You know, I can't learn this new system and whatever. No, you don't. In the midst of it, you praise God for who He is. For who he is. His character never, ever 
changes. Your circumstances can change on a dime. How many know that? I mean, they can change tomorrow. They can change before tomorrow. They can change for better. They can change for worse. But one thing never changes. People change. Attitudes change. Circumstances change. The weather changes. All kinds of change happens around us. But God never changes. And because of that, I want to praise Him. I want to lift up His name. I want to thank Him that He is every day the same, never, ever changing God. Right? That's worth praising Him over. Some of you know that God's been faithful to you over the years. And, and I know that some of you struggle in situations and circumstances right now. And it just seems like, will it never change? Will I, will I never you know, get through this situation? Will I never turn around? And maybe you're a student and you're trying to hang in there. And, and it's hard to study and, and learn. And, and you're trying to develop. And, and maybe you're in your, in your relationships right now. Your friendships are struggling or whatever it is. If you just keep on trusting God. Not trust people. Not even trust in yourself. But trust in who God is. And, and a, a, a align yourself with Him and then say, God, you have wisdom. You know how to do what needs to be done. You know what I need to do next. And so, God, would you give what you know to me? Would you give your wisdom to me? What you said if I'd ask, you would give it. And I believe some of you are going to get that wisdom from God here today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there is wisdom from you. We thank you, Lord, that, that in you there is strength and there is help and there is hope and there is power. And God, we thank you that there is joy in the midst of, we can praise you in the midst of the trial. We can praise you in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the test, in the midst of what's going on. And God, we pray that we'll be faithful to do that for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I want that joy to be my strength. You've reminded me today that He is my strength. He is my sword. He is my shield. He is my strong provider. He is the one in my life. And I don't have to fear what people can do against me because I know that God is on my side. And so because of that, I have reason to praise. I have reason to be thankful. I have reason to have a heart of gratitude. I want to live with that joy every day. How many are with me on that? And you just shoot your hand straight up and say, yes. That's me today. I want that joy of the Lord in my life every day at school, at home, wherever you are. Father, we thank you that in our lives we can win victory through your joy. The joy of the Lord that is our strength. Not our joy, not our own response, but a response that comes from you. And so God, we just fresh surrender to you today. And we just thank you, God, that this week, we're, we're just going to believe that this week you're going to give some wisdom that we've never had before. You're going to give some insight that we've never had before. God, you may not change our problem, but you're going to change our perspective. And so, God, we thank you for that and praise you for it in advance. Maybe you're here today, some of you, like in the first service, that maybe uh, you, you thought if you were a Christian, everything would go great. 
And maybe some church promised you that. And maybe some religion or some person promised you that. Maybe you just kind of came up that, with that on your own. And you just thought, well, I thought if I'd be a Christian, everything go my way. And then when it didn't, you checked out. When it didn't go your way, then you thought, well, where's God in that? What you didn't know is God was right in the middle of it, trying to help you and trying to grow you. But instead of moving forward, you, you decided to do something different. And so today, maybe what you need to do is just come back to God. Maybe you just need to say, God, I don't care what comes my way. I just don't want to go through it alone. I want you in my life, your presence, your power in my life. And if you need his power, his presence in your life today, I believe he's ready to give it to you right now. Just slip up your hand, say, yeah, Craig, that's me. Yes, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that one, that one, that one, several. God bless you, a whole whole row almost down here. God bless you guys up here. God bless you. All right, hands all around the room in different places. So just pray this prayer with me. Maybe everyone can pray it. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin by dying on the cross I know that I am free free to live for you so from this moment forward as much as I know how I surrender my life to you fill me with your presence accept me as your child and I accept you today as my heavenly father In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer here today.